Hello and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk About, and today we're talking about social media, and we've got uh, Belinda Barber on with us. Belinda, thank you for joining us. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, as you will probably hear by our accents, we're both from the same nick of the wood. Um, so yeah, um, Belinda, you are obviously a social media expert, and I want to ask you a few questions. Um, social media is obviously huge, and there's a massive marketing opportunity. But there are so many businesses that are, as of yet, not using social media. Why do you think they're reluctant to get on board? I think there's a few different reasons, and maybe some have multiple reasons. But largely, I think um, social media sometimes confuses small businesses particularly. Sometimes they're afraid because they don't feel like they fully understand it. Maybe they don't want to commit the time to it because they realize it takes a lot of time. I think there's some that think, think it's maybe a fad. Um, as is natural nowadays, a lot of people expect immediate results and social media is a long game. And I think some people don't fully understand the benefits. I think so also, as you mentioned, that social media is a long game. I think it might also come down to time, doesn't it? People just don't have, they, they don't perceive to have the time to, to put in what's, what's necessary. Absolutely correct. I think, you know, social media does take a relative amount of time, but investing in it, it will have returns. And I think if you build the proper strategy with a proper understanding and align with your business goals, then really it becomes quite easy and it becomes quite simple. And there are many ways to automate your social media. It's not always advised to completely automate it, mm -hmm. but to in, order, in order to ensure that you've got regular content going out, setting up an automated program is one of the best ways to do it. Now, there seems... I often uh, hear people talking about social media, especially, dare I say, older people, and I hope we're not in that category just yet. <laughs> um, but there's often this, this idea that, you, you know, uh, social media is a young person's game, so if you can get your teenager or your granddaughter or whatever to come and, to come and do your social media account, that, that's all you need. I mean, how do you as a, as a professional combat that kind of thinking? It is challenging because obviously kids, I mean, even my six and three-year-old are a whiz on all kinds of devices and platforms and so on. So it is a natural school of thought to think, oh, hand it over to them. However, to be effective on social media, you still need to have, again, a strategy that's going to come up time and time again, I think, in every bit of what we talk about. Um, you need to know your target audience almost inside and out, deeper than you ever expect you might need to know them. You need to really talk to and engage with the right people. You've got to remember that your social media is a continuation of your brand. So it's got to have the same look, tone of voice, feeling, et cetera, to your website and every other aspect of your business. Um, you need to always or not always be selling. You can't just take, take, take. You've got to give back as well because as much as it's through devices, social media is a two-way conversation. It has to be. Um, so it needs to, again, have the same tone of voice and be in the right um, frame of mind when you're talking to potential customers or current customers. Um, it's also very different um, person on social media for business than it is on uh, personal social media. So you can just put anything up at a whim. Again, for business, you really have to um, stick with certain rules and policies and so on because the algorithm doesn't like you if you don't stick to all of their rules and they change frequently. Well, that, I mean, that's it as well because I've, that's one of my fears, I think, when it comes to social media marketing and advertising is what you actually put up because I see a lot of businesses put up content that upsets their, 
the people are viewing their content and actually you, you get a lot of backlash because of that. You can't just put up whatever you want. You have to really think about the message you, you are putting forward. That's absolutely correct. And I think that just, um, again, solidifies how it is an extension of your brand. Anything you put up on social media mm. that ties in with your business or with you even, you have to think about. And by knowing your target audience, theoretically, you won't be putting up stuff that riles them up, unless that's your whole point, because well, you might a, be trying to go viral story, yeah. or crazy and do something like that. But I think if you truly understand your audience, you'll talk to them. I mean, as with any marketing, certainly in digital marketing as well, uh, best practice is to create between one and three avatars or personas that you directly speak to. And by talking to those people, you theoretically won't go wrong with what you post. Mm. Another mistake that I made early on was just thinking that content was content and you just got to get something out there. I think that's a, that's a big mistake that a lot of people make, don't they? Where it's, you know, oh, that image is all right, let's stick that with this and just get it out there and have some content. But that can often be, well, I don't want to say more dangerous, but it, it can often weaken your brand, can't it? Absolutely correct. Um, I think it's less is more in any circumstance. Um, so rather put out beautiful, appropriate, brand appropriate content than just put anything up for the sake of putting it up. Um, a lot of my clients I advise only posting maybe two or three times a week as opposed to feeling forced to post every single day um, because then you know that it's valuable content. Maybe it's entertaining, maybe it's educational, maybe it just talks about who you are, but it's got to be something relevant to what you're selling, whether it's a service or a product or anything else. I mean, even, even if you have really, really good content, it's probably better to share that multiple times than to just, you know, than to just create content for the sake of it. Um, because, I mean, I find I'll share something once, you share it again, you share it a third time. People still see it the third time who didn't see it the first two times. So, you know, it's, it's probably better to do that than just to create a whole whack of content just for the sake of it. Absolutely correct. And also with organic social media, only about 2% of your followers will see your content. So there's a term we use called evergreen content, which is exactly that content that's worked. So that has got maybe a high level of engagement. So you know, it's work that you can repost periodically. So don't ever feel bad to go back to content and use it again, because it makes absolute sense to do that. Now, another thing that you mentioned, I mean, we're obviously, you and I are both small business owners, so we, we end up wearing a lot of caps. The yes. problem is, in my business, the, the marketing guy and the social media guy, although they're the same guy, I haven't really been talking to each other for the first few years. And I think that's something you touched on earlier. How important is it that your, your social media campaigns actually match your marketing campaigns and your website so your whole marketing uh, is brought together? I think quite simply, it's critical. Your social media is an extension of your brand. It solidifies your message. Um, it, you, you've probably spent a vast amount of time, money and energy on creating your website. You need to take that same thinking along with your social media campaigns. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I mean, when I, when I started, I was, I was creating social media content for the sake of it and then doing other marketing elsewhere for the sake of that. And the website, and yet people would sometimes get confused because they would see the content and think I'm after one thing, come to the website and go, well, he's actually selling something different. And it just, it just ends up confusing people when you're all over the place. So I, I think 
it's taken me a good number of years to realize that that all has to actually line up and you've got to have a common message throughout everything. And that, Absolutely that, that I suppose is one of the downsides of getting someone in to just to do your social media who's not involved in, in, the, in the other marketing aspects. Well, I think that's true, but I think any professional social media manager is going to come in and going to ask you and work with you um, to match your entire company or business's goals. Um, because if they don't understand what else you've got going on and what else you're planning to do, they can't really create that social media campaign. It's got to tie in. I think, again, going back to you know the 17-year-old nephew that might be doing it, is not going to look at all those aspects and perspectives. Um, and yeah, you've just really got to look at the, the business as a whole and build your strategy around business goals, not just around what you want out of social media. Because at the end of the day, as much as numbers are nice and followers and that is lovely and it's always you know, exciting to see more numbers, you can make a 10,000 pound sale of 100 followers. Um, and then there are the examples of people who have millions of followers but can't, you know, there was that classic example of the girl that couldn't sell a t-shirt because they were all, they, the followers that she had were numerous, but they weren't the right people that wanted what she was offering. So now what, what do you actually do for your clients when someone comes on board to get you to do their social media for them? Well, it varies. Um, it depends on what the client wants and what their budget is. Um, I will do everything from just help them create a strategy, spend a few hours just building their strategy so that they can go off and do it themselves. I will do things like power hours and workshops where I train small businesses to do the social media themselves because they maybe don't feel like they can invest in a social media manager at this point. Um, and I will uh, build and run complete campaigns. So that is everything from starting off with the strategy, looking at the um, goals of the business, and then building the regular posts. Um, some clients will give me the creative and then I just have to create the posts. Others ask me to create the posts as well. So I can run the whole gamut and I do a variety, but as I say, it depends on the client and the budget. I mean, I was just thinking from a logical point of view, if someone's creating their own social media content, um, that, well, let me, let me put it this way. If I was creating my own content and insisting that that content was, was um, put out onto social media, then it makes it less likely for me to need to hire a professional to post it. Whereas actually, if I was going to hire someone like you to be on board, I would be asking you your advice on the marketing front and what content to create rather than just insisting on what content. Because if you're going to insist on what content's put out, you could, you could hire an automated software program to actually put it out. But you don't need, you don't you need an expert. You could probably go spreadsheet for that. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. But I do have um, one client who, well, I've got a few clients who want me to do everything. So I do create all of the, the creative side of it. I create all of the copy, etc., etc. But then I do have one uh, client who he's very good at the creative side. He loves doing the artistic side of it. So he sends all of those to me. And then I just put the posts together with the copy and make sure it's in the right time, in the right place and so on. Um, so as I say, it varies from person to person. Okay. Now tell me, this is where we start, um, I wouldn't say naming and shaming people because you're not going to name anyone, but what, what do you think are the most commonly made mistakes on social media when it comes to marketing? 
Um, unfortunately, there's a long list of them. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes is selling too much or spamming. Um, <laughs> there's the analogy that, you know, if you walk into a bar, you're not going to immediately ask someone to jump into bed with you. You're going to maybe buy them a drink first. Um, and that's the sort of thing you want to do um, with social media is you want to engage people. You want to warm them up. You want to create interest. So I think selling too much and spamming is definitely um, one of the biggest problems. Inconsistency with the brand, as we've discussed before, is a huge problem. Um, not interacting with people mm -hmm. who are engaging on your posts. You often see it where people, uh, maybe there's a complaint and then they don't respond to it immediately or they take really long to respond to it. That's really, really bad. Because yeah. that's a key area where you've got so much um, potential to turn things around. Um, incorrect or bad use of hashtags. Um, for those on Twitter, you will know yes. when it's hashtag chaos. <laughs> um, and not many people know that there's actually a list, particularly on Instagram, of banned hashtags. Um, oh. This year, Valentine's Day was one of the banned hashtags, for example. So it could be something as simple as, you know, a very normal word, but it's actually a banned hashtag. And if you use that banned hashtag, your posts will be hidden or your account might actually be um, suspended for a while. Um, also, one of the other big mistakes is not knowing your target audience. Again, it's critical to know who you're talking to in order to say what you mm -hmm. want to say. Um, there have been incidents of businesses just being downright rude because they forget how broad social media actually reaches when you don't want it to sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then other classic mistakes are too much posting or too little posting. As you said earlier, sometimes people just post for posting's sake and that's not good either. Um, and not committing to it for the long term. Thinking you can pull off a social media campaign in three or four weeks and then wondering what went wrong and why it didn't work. Mm. Um, so it is a bit of a, a hurry up and wait game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, know, I know all about that. No. Tommy, I know you. One of the things you specialize in is um, Facebook ads, and I, I was going to ask you about the difference between organic marketing and actually paid marketing. Now, I know that would vary from platform to to platform, but I think Facebook is arguably the one which would have the biggest difference, in my opinion. Um, is there a massive difference between paid advertising on Facebook and organic posts through um, uh, your company page, etc.? Yes, there absolutely is. I mean, LinkedIn is also a very good example because business pages is, sorry, business pages at the minute don't have much traction on LinkedIn. So using your personal profile is quite key, but Facebook is, uh, you know, one of the key areas that everyone looks at with advertising. As I said earlier, organic posts only reach 2% of your followers. With paid adverts, you can target specific audiences that are either already your followers or that are not your followers. So it opens your brand to these new audiences who don't know you exist and then they learn about you. Um, however, even though it's so specific and it can you know, uh, expose you to all these new audiences, you do still need to have an organic social media profile because once they've seen you, they'll first go and look at your social media profiles before they go to your website usually. Um, so you still need that to be active as well. So the two do work very well in tandem. But 
With paid adverts, it's a lot more focused on who you're talking to and who you can get out to. Um, it's quantifiable much more than organic social, social media is. Um, and it's really, really powerful in order to meet those business goals, whether it's generating leads, increasing engagement, um, driving people to your website, or just converting. And then one of the, the ones I love about um, paid advertising is what they call DPAs. But you know when you've maybe put something in a shopping basket mm. and your kids come in the room and you've forgotten about it, or you're sort of debating whether you're buying it. And then for the next two weeks, everywhere you look online, that ad or that product is popping up. That is a marketing strategy that you can do through paid advertising. And it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> now, let's just talk about that for a second because I, I will be completely open and honest with everyone and say I've never done Facebook paid advertising. Uh, there are a few reasons for that. I think one of the reasons, as I've mentioned before, are the some of the uh, rather aggressive comebacks from people who have been um, incorrectly targeted, should we say that. Um, and, and I, but I do watch some of the adverts I see in my Facebook feed and I think about why am I getting that advert? And because obviously with an analytical brain, I'm wondering what they could have done to actually monitor. Now, some of the times I get adverts and I'm looking around the room to try and see where the camera is because, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking about something and it pops up in my newsfeed and I'm going, whoa, what's going on here? But other times, I'm getting complete random nonsense that I'm never going to buy in a million years' time, and I've never bought, and I've never considered buying, and it's just not something I would have. But yet, I'm still getting targeted marketing, and I'm, I, I kind of think you've probably got someone either inexperienced or just downright ignorant running their marketing campaign. And it must be such a waste of money for them. And if you're going to spend money on marketing, you've got to get it right, don't you? Absolutely agree. Um, you know, for businesses like Wish, that you can see some of the most random ads at the most random times. And now that we've mentioned it, we're all going to see Wish ads in our, in our feeds, just okay. by the way. Um, they have the money to spend. So they will just blanket everybody. They will sort of say, you know, age 18 to 65 plus, let's say they decide they want to target everybody in the UK and that's what they're going to do. And that's why you'll see some of those very random ads in your um, feed. Facebook is always on and always listening. Um, it's very, very unlikely that you log out on your phone or any of your devices on Facebook. So even if your phone looks like it's not listening, it is, which is why when you've had conversations and it's completely something random, you'll see something come up because it is always paying attention. That algorithm then picks that up and goes, ah, they want to see or hear or they're interested in whatever that was. Um, and so there are companies out there that will sort of use that to their benefit. Um, however, when you are not doing it within what your brand requirements are and your business goals, yes, you are just wasting money. You are just pouring it down the drain. Um, just boosting a post, you might as well just mm. stand outside and shout out and hope that something comes because it's about the same. Um, it doesn't work. It's a waste of money. And that's what Facebook actually hopes you will do so that they can take your money and they don't care about your returns. But if you're using somebody that really understands it or you really learned about how to do it properly, the returns can be incredible. Um, I've got a little example that I've just written mm -hmm. down here that um, is through a bit of, um, was of myself, but 
it was through an actual project that they did to test. So organic content, although you think it's free, it's not. It takes time, energy, and usually some money to create that piece of content that you're putting out. Um, so let's say it's a fixed cost of a thousand pounds. With your average engagement of 2%, only eight people are seeing that post. That's 125 pounds per engagement. To take um, a paid ad, spend that thousand pounds to create the content, maybe spend 150 pounds on actually paying for the adverts. You're going to see, and this was based on the, um, the work that they did, an average of 2,226 people are going to see that post. And so you're spending 52p per engagement. So that's a massive difference. And it just proves to you what the difference is with something that's seemingly free and then something that you're actually paying for. Also, we talk a lot in the Facebook ads world of ROAS, which is your return on ad spend. So when you look at that as a whole, everything you've invested um, from content creation to paying for the ad and potentially paying for someone to run that ad for you, an average overall, you will still get 40% return on that ad spend. I mean, even even if you're not even if even if you're not spending money on your content creation, even if you've got that, I mean, I know it's never free because you're always spending time or something on it. But even if it is in theory monetary free, it's still worthwhile. I mean, I, I'm just thinking from my own point of view. If I were to put in a hundred pounds of Facebook advertising money, I only need one job to make that worthwhile. Absolutely, um, and I think a lot of people. I mean, okay, if you're selling a lot of smaller items, it's a different story. But for those of us that are selling larger projects, you you only need you only need one good lead, really. That's right, that's right, and that's exactly why it is so powerful. Because you can, I've been doing some test ads for a couple of people the last few days, and based on the parameters that they want for their target audience, um, just in the UK, we've got about 22 million people in the pool which sounds exorbitant. But once you funnel them down and for one person to actually make the purchase, it takes a little bit of time. It's going to take a little bit of them seeing your product, learning about your product. It's usually about seven touch points that will turn somebody to a purchaser. Um, but if you can drive them down those funnels correctly and accurately, then you're right. Um, it usually does just take one or two people. And if out of those 22 million, for example, 1% actually land on your website and ultimately maybe make a purchase. That's an enormous return on your ad spend. And this is someone that's looking at spending um, basically five pounds a day. Because mm. again, I mean, I've often seen those posts where, where I'll post an organic post and it'll say, you know, do you want to boost this post? And I just laugh at it because I, as you know, I, it says you can, you can get this out to, you know, 12,000 people. And I'm saying yes, but which 12,000 people? Correct. I, I don't want 12,000 people. I don't want them looking at my website. I don't want them calling me because if they all call tomorrow, I'm going to be in a bit of trouble. I only want five people to give me a call, but I want the right five people to give me a call. And I yeah. think that, that's, where, that's where marketing becomes so important, but specifically when it comes to paid ads, because just throwing money at adverts is not going to help. Throwing, right. money, throwing money at the right adverts to the right people, that's where the, where the trick comes in. Absolutely correct. And the beauty of Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn advertising is you can run um, multiple ads at the same time without actually costing you any more money. Um, and they can all be slightly different. So 
maybe you're driving people down your funnel. So the first ad is just telling people, here I am, this is what I do. Maybe the second ad is saying, here's how you can get in touch with me. But that ad is only then going to people who have actually landed on your website. And all of that is analyzed through the Facebook pixel, which is very easy to attach to your website. Um, and the analytics you get from that as well are absolutely incredible. So then you can target your um, adverts more and more and more specifically because you can see exactly who these people are that are starting to engage and interact with your um, posts, with your ads. And um, then you narrow it down. So then you're actually spending less money on future ads because you're talking to less and less and less people. And ultimately, mm. they at least one to two to more um, will turn around and will actually part with their money. And that's what you want. But as I say, it can be as little as £100 a month that you spend, and it actually works. Mm. All right, let's leave Facebook for a while and talk about okay. all the different social media platforms, because this is another thing I find quite interesting. Um, if you believe all the blog posts that you read, you, you really ought to be on every single social media platform at least twice. Um, and let's be honest, the business owners are, are busy, and especially, I mean, I've gotten to the age now where I can't be bothered to learn about new stuff. So I'm not really faced about what TikTok is and all this other nonsense. You've kind of got the ones in your head that you want to use, but how do you know as a business owner, which social media platforms you should be on, assuming that you shouldn't be on them all? Well, I don't think you should be on them all. I think it's very, very rare that all of them are right for everybody. Um, and again, the biggest driver of which platforms to be on is knowing who your target audience is. Who are your customers? If you are selling something that's perfect for those under 25s, yes, then you should be on TikTok. You should be looking at Snapchat, um, all of those to do your paid and organic advertising. Um, but if you know, you've got the more sort of 25 to 55 crowd, then you're probably on Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, it also just depends on what you're trying to do, again, what your goals are with social media. So Twitter, for example, is very much a live, right now, in the moment conversation. So it can be quite time consuming. You need to be very much on the pulse and in the moment. Setting up automated Twitter doesn't really work that well because it's not natural. It's not sort of a natural flow of conversation. Um, also, looking at demographics of your audience are key. You know, Pinterest and Instagram are mostly women on those platforms. Um, and it's just really understanding who you're talking to in order to figure out which platforms. LinkedIn um, is very broad. Obviously, it's more professional types. So it's a bit more B2B. But um, LinkedIn currently is probably what Facebook was about 10 years ago. So it's changing how it's being used and utilized. It's not just a place for CVs anymore. And I know you know that quite well because you're quite active on LinkedIn. Um, but it is a place to engage and talk, but you're talking to a slightly different demographic than you are if you're talking to people on Facebook, for example. So again, choosing which platforms comes down to who is it you're talking to, who are you trying to sell to, and who is your ideal um, audience? Who is your ideal target market? And also, I'd like to add to that, if I might, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I often tell people, go on the social media platform that you're going to use. Because just as an example, I mean, I do a lot of marketing on, on LinkedIn, as you know, and I'm very much B2B, but I love going on LinkedIn. I love reading the posts. I like to comment. I like, I like to interact with people. And I'm quite happy to spend 
an evening or you know sometime in the weekend or whatever, actually on LinkedIn, commenting on posts, chatting to people. Um, I hate Twitter. I hate it with a passion. I do still post some posts on there because I, f- I feel that I've got some kind of, uh, I've, I meet a lot of people who say, oh yes, we've seen you on Twitter kind of thing. So I know, I, I know it's working for something, but I, I don't like using it. So because I don't use it, I don't get a lot out of it. And I think it's important, as you say, you can't just dump marketing and leave. Um, so it's got to be A, where your target market is, but also B, where you plan to be. And you can't be everywhere, so you've got to pick where you go. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And you've got to enjoy the platform. You know, if you don't love pretty pictures and video and so on, don't go on Instagram or Pinterest, mm. you know. Um, it, it's, it's, it re- you're absolutely right. It's about where your target audience is, but also where you enjoy being. Because as you say, that engagement part, that piece where you go on and you do look and read and like other people's posts, et cetera, et cetera, um, you know, that's such an important piece of it as well. It is a two-way conversation, no matter how you look at it. Um, and then also another great way for people who still aren't sure which platforms to be on is look at what, what your competitors are doing. Where are they? What are they doing on those platforms? And then you can follow suit from there. So, um, Belinda, before we go, just to, just to back up a little bit and just to recap on everything we've learned, because a lot of people may have come into this video thinking, you know, just create content, whack it out on as many platforms as possible and hope for the best. But actually what we found out is that it takes a lot of preparation as far as understanding who you want to market to, where you want to market, what, who your target market is, what content they would appreciate. And then it's about actually deciding where you're going to post that content, how you're going to do that, doing that in, con- in conjunction with the rest of your marketing and your brand and your business and everything else. And then actually analyzing all of that so you can see what's working, what's not working. Absolutely. And actually then going back into the, the process again once you understand what's working. Um, one of the most fascinating things I did was actually I set up a, well, it wouldn't be surprised to know it was a spreadsheet, to analyze all my social media stuff. And, and I put different query strings on to see what was coming back to the website and everything. And what I had in my mind was working, turned out wasn't. And what I thought I was going to can because it wasn't working actually was bringing a lot of leads back into the website. And it, it, when you actually sit down and analyze these things, I know Facebook gives you a lot of those analytics. It's usually extremely helpful to make, to let you know what to do next. And you've got to kind of get all of that right rather than just dropping content and hoping for the best. You're absolutely right. And that's absolutely correct. I think a lot of people are very scared of the analytics as well because they feel like they don't really understand it and they don't know what it means. Um, for someone like yourself who's deeply analytical, I also love the mm. analytics. It's exciting. It's fascinating. And as you say, the things that you can learn by it, I'm sure your spreadsheet's wonderful. I should actually look into that <laughs> because it could be quite useful. Um, but it, the, the things that come out of it will surprise you more often than not. And with, whether it's paid advertising or organic, testing, tweaking, trying, constantly learning from it is so important because not only does it keep it interesting for the people who are following you, you learn so much from what you're doing. But again, to reiterate, yes, you need a strategy, you need a plan, and you need to go back and look at what's working and what isn't working Mm. to really make it work for you in the long run. And it's a long game. (laughs) Exactly that. Well, Belinda, thank you very much for joining us. And I hope that everyone's been watching this has learned a lot about social media and uh, that we're now going to get all of our content 100% perfect. Well, let's hope so. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, Belinda. Thank you. Bye.